0: Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years. From paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and i found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Welcome back, amazing educators. I hope you're doing well this week. I've had an amazing week. I have been doing a lot of work lately um, on some self-reflection and some calibrating of my goals and manifesting some things that I want to accomplish in the next six months and the next year as I go through uh, this transition in life. Uh, making a major move to a different state, uh, looking for um, a new position in a new school district. All of the things have me thinking a lot about why I want to do what I do. And I was looking through social media the other day and noticed there were lots of posts by educators talking about the problems in education, uh, whether that is attendance issues, uh, parent issues, administrator issues, student behavior issues. There was a lot of what I would kind of um, define as dissatisfaction with what they were doing. And it made me stop and think about my own journey and why I have persisted in the education industry for over 25 years. What, what is it that has me loving what I do and looking forward to a new adventure in a new district versus the people that I see on social media who seem so dissatisfied with what they're doing? And so I started thinking about that a little more and digging in and looking at how what I do aligns with who I am. And I think that that's the first part for me is all of my life, even growing up as you know, an elementary school student, a high school student, a young adult, I found myself uh, wanting to do things to help other people. Uh, whether that was raising money for organizations, whether that was leading a group uh, in uh, something that we wanted to accomplish. I found myself in service organizations uh, volunteering a lot. And I thought, you know, being helpful is some something that I love doing. And I also found that I tended to find opportunities where, it turned into me helping others and training others how to do what I do. And I think I've told you before, wanting to be a teacher was something that I had wanted even in elementary school, middle school, wanted to be a teacher. But my life took me on a different path in after I graduated high school. And so I actually didn't get into teaching uh, until I was in um, my early thirties. And, I'm reflecting back into why I love what I do and why I've always loved what I've done once I started in education. And I think it, it reflects back to those core values that I have of helping other people and loving to teach other people new things. Uh, and that, you know, just is a natural progression into education And whether I was a paraprofessional helping students with reading and writing, whether I was a kindergarten, first or second grade teacher helping students in my classroom for years and years, whether it was a teacher on special assignment helping my colleagues learn more about reading acquisition, or whether it was leading a building as a principal and supporting teachers and in my current position as a director, supporting principals to support teachers. I always find great satisfaction in the things that I do. And I think what makes the difference between satisfaction and dissatisfaction? And I think some of it comes down to how I frame what I'm doing. I know that there are going to be really, really great days And there are going to be challenging times and periods in what I'm doing in any setting that I've had. I found that to be true as a paraprofessional, as a teacher, as a TOSA, as a principal, as a director. This is our career and it comes with other people involved. And the things that I've learned over the years is I can't control other people But I can control what I'm doing and how I'm thinking about what I'm doing. So for me, it comes back to mindset. It always comes back to mindset for me. And there were times, many times where I would feel frustrated in the moment, whether I was frustrated uh, with administrators, whether I was frustrated with colleagues, whether I was frustrated with students or parents, I always stopped and thought, so this is the feeling I'm having. What do they need from me? You know, what is this that is, where is this frustration stemming from? And how do I re shift my mindset to want to get back into that helping mode? Because that's where I find joy. I find joy in that supporting and helpful role. And I always was able to get myself out of that feeling, um, whether it's, you know, frustration or um, agitation, whatever feeling I had at the moment, always stemmed from a thought. And the thought typically was, how do I control the other person? And we can't control others, plain, pure, and simple. We cannot control six-year-olds. We cannot control adults. Uh, We all have only ourselves to control. So we get to decide how we want to approach things. And so when I think about really loving my why, that helps me reframe what I'm doing. I love supporting students. I love supporting teachers. In the classroom, I'd love to see when students would get that aha moment and you could visibly see the light bulbs go off and they got so excited about what they were learning. I lived for those days and planned so that my students could reach those milestones in their learning. Even with teachers doing trainings and professional development and having teachers come back to me and say, I did this in my classroom and it made such a difference, and now my students are learning so much more. Again, for me, there is nothing better than that feeling that I have helped somebody unlock the key to refining their practice and getting the outcomes they all love. That is my why. I love my why. And my why gets me through the moments of frustration, the moments of disappointment, the times when I do have to uh, persevere through something that's difficult in my career. I always love my why. And as I told you last week, That same why is why I do this podcast, because I love helping people and I love uh, being able to share my experience in a way that might help others really refine their lives and find the joy they're looking for in their lives. So mindset is so important. And part of that mindset, of course, is being aware of the thoughts that we're having And what I noticed in a lot of these posts uh, that I referred to earlier is people pointing the finger at others, accusing them of making their lives unhappy. And I would challenge those people, I would challenge any of us, if we think somebody else has to do something to make us happy in our professions. I want us to challenge that thought, really challenge that thought, because you will never find happiness if you're counting on somebody else to provide it for you. You have to love your why for what you're doing, whether that's as an educator or even in some other goal you're trying to pursue in your life. You have to know exactly why you want to do what you're doing. And you have to love that reason. And you have to realize that life is 50-50. So it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. There are going to be tough and challenging days. There are going to be times when we face barriers that sometimes we're not sure how to get around. But I caution us, not to start pointing the finger at other reasons why these things are barriers. Because a lot of times we create extra barriers. I'm not saying there aren't barriers in things. You know, we all wish we had, you know, 24 more hours in our day and had 48 hours days at times. But I will tell you, even if we had 48 hour days, we would fill them and still feel we need more time. It's how we think about it. It's how we think about the barrier. You know, public education money's always been a barrier. Well, it's also what we do with our funding that can make a difference. How we think about barriers is so important. If we are thinking our students are a barrier because they're struggling in their behavior, I love my why. My why is helping people. So I can look at that barrier of a student behavior and say, okay, how can I love my why in a way that's gonna support this student? And then I look at it as a skill that's needed. And how do I build that skill? But what I don't do is I don't complain because there aren't many other hands to support me. I figure out, And I'm grateful for the support that I get and figure out what I need to do differently to make it work in my classroom because I love my why. And that was the case every year in my classroom. It's the case as a principal. Those of you who are administrators that are listening to me, we also feel that there are barriers at times to doing what we want to do. But again, we can't point the finger at district office, or at staff, or at students, or at families, or whatever it is, we have to look and love our why. Why do we love the position that we're in right now? What got us here? What made us want to do this? And use that as your superpower for figuring out how to work around that barrier and break it down and move forward and be successful We want to be satisfied with what we're doing in our lives. And when we're feeling that dissatisfaction, we have two choices. We can continue to dwell in the dissatisfaction, blaming others, complaining, not feeling well, and be miserable in what we're doing. Or we can choose to love our why for why we got into it and figure out how we want to move forward. Whether that is, again, figuring out how to make it work for you in the moment. And sometimes it might be deciding whether we still love our why. Do you still love why you're doing what you're doing? And if not, There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame. There's no blame. There's no judgment. What would you rather do instead? We have choices. We always have choices. Maybe it's changing positions. Maybe it's changing a school. Maybe it's changing a district. Maybe it's getting out of the profession altogether and finding something else we find joy in doing. I've been uh, reading and listening uh, to uh, Roxy Nafusi and her Manifest book, and I'm learning so much about loving my why, and one of her uh, suggestions is to create a vision board, and, uh, you know, vision boards can look lots of different ways i know sometimes we visualize them as this you know big almost art project uh, and the way i do my visioning is really in categories and why's for what i want to accomplish or what i want to accomplish and then why i want to accomplish those things and how i'm going to accomplish those things and that's how i do my vision board and and that could be why this came up this week i've been doing a lot of work around what do i want in my professional and career life because I'm at a crossroads I am at a place where I am at a transition and I get to make the decision what I want to pursue next do I want to go all in with a new district looking for the position that I'm in in my current district that I love so much so do I find something like that or Do I do something different? Do I go out and work for a consulting firm and do coaching around the things that I love? Do I switch my coaching up from this great mindset work that I do with clients and move more to instructional coaching? I have those opportunities. The world is wide open. The world is always wide open to us. And I hear some of you already, <laughs> I hear some of you already going, no, nope, not, not. it's not wide open for me. Okay, but do you love your why? Do you still love what you're doing? If not, analyze that. And it can be going back to why did I get into this to begin with? Now, for some of us, uh, what we had expected, especially for some of you that might be early in your careers, Education might not be what you thought it was going to be. And that's okay. Sometimes we have those um, kind of illusions of what it means to be an educator. You know, that we're going to come into a classroom and we're going to have everything available to us. And we're going to have students that come in ready to learn and parents that are there at our beck and call to support us. And we make great salaries. (laughs) Friends, that's not all that education is, right? That can be part of it for sure. But there's the other half of that 50-50, right? That's 50% of it. It also comes with meetings. It comes with standards. It comes with expectations from our state boards of education and our local boards of education and our administrators and sometimes it throws us off but if we can go back to loving our why we can go back to loving what we do something to think about let me know what you think are you loving your why are you continuing to love what you do and find joy in what you do That's what this podcast is all about, right? That's why it's called The Educator's Secret to Living Joyfully because we find ourselves sometimes dissatisfied with what we're doing and we need to make a decision. Do we still love our why or is it time to look at a new why? Let me know what you think. I appreciate you spending time with me again today and I hope that you are living joyfully and enjoying and finding satisfaction in what you do, because that is how I've created the life that I love, is finding great satisfaction in what I do. Have an amazing week, everybody. Take care. Live joyfully.